Our tale begins on April 28, 1989 in Heidelberg, Germany. It's been 44 years since Hitler and the Axis powers were defeated and the country had been divided into four zones under Allied control. It's been 28 years since a wall was erected in the capital city of Berlin to stem the tide of refugees leaving Soviet-controlled East Berlin to find a better life in West Germany. The city of Heidelberg sits in West Germany, the home of several American barracks and military compounds. The overt foreign military presence seems at odds with the city seemingly untouched by the Second World War. The city is home to Europe's oldest university and Germany's oldest library. Heidelberg has seen centuries of kings, philosophers, and alchemists seeking knowledge. Surrounding the city like a wild, primal darkness is the Odenwald, Odin's forest to the east, and the Schwarzwald, the black forest to the west. It is springtime. Today is Friday, two days before the Feast of St. Valpurgia, who is said to have driven the witches off a holy mountain with the power of faith and flame in the 8th century. Today, it is an excuse for students of the university to celebrate under the night sky with flame and drums. Join us for a celebration of fire and death. Join us for Valpurgisnacht. Hi everyone, I am Tessa. I am a player in this wonderful merry-go-round that uh, Chad is conducting. Uh, you can find me at Selkie Dreamer on Twitter and on various other Nerdsmith shows. And I am Chad. I am the storyteller of this podcast known as In Vain. And you can uh, catch me on Twitter at Chadlicious. That is a brilliant Twitter name, by the way. Oh, thank you. I had to think of something in high school. Mine was more of a... Uh... Tessa, how come you don't have Twitter yet? Stopping an old person and get a Twitter. All right. So, uh, Tessa, are you ready? I am ready. Okay. So what we are going to do uh, for this podcast, this is a uh, Vampire the Masquerade uh, podcast using the V5 rules. And right now I am running Tessa through the prelude of her character. We're going to meet... Uh, the other player at another time, but we're going to work with uh, Tessa now. So creepy. I'm excited. All right. So Tessa, tell us a little bit about your character that you're playing. Dallas is a punk, uh, street punk living in Germany in Heidelberg with her dad on one of the American military bases. She is recently transplanted to Germany, well, probably within you know six or seven months. She's not particularly happy about uh, the move. She did not want to leave all of her friends back in the U.S. But being the child of a uh, military officer, she is used to moving around a bit. And how old is Dallas? Dallas is 18. And I'm assuming Dallas is a nickname. Dallas is indeed a nickname. Her real name is Sarah. 
All right. So Sarah, uh, Dallas to her friends, is uh, you are a street punk living in Heidelberg, Germany. So you're not a university student. What what does Dallas do uh, for a living, so to speak? Right now, Dallas is a bit of a gym rat. She, her dad has made it very clear that if she's not going to go to university, she needs to figure out what she's going to do with her life. He has recommended uh, joining the the U.S. military, given that it it helped shape him up when he was her age. Um, So right now she is trying to get in better shape with the possibility of going to boot camp in the semi-near-ish future, Um, but lately has been kind of blowing that off and going for what she calls uh, endurance hikes out in the forest because she'd rather be just away from her dad and uh, that pressure. Okay. So I think we have enough to, to go in on. So we're starting on a Friday, kind of late morning in April. What would Dallas be doing? Late morning, she'd probably be stumbling out of bed. Um, maybe a little bit hungover, trying to sneak, hoping that her dad has either A, already left the house, or B, just worked all night and didn't bother coming home. So she doesn't have to hear about getting out of bed so late and wasting half of the day. I would probably say at this point, your your father's probably realized that lectures are probably just going to go in one ear and out the other with Dallas. Pretty much. Um, I kind of gathered, too, that if he'd been home and he would have given her a wake-up call at what time he deemed acceptable anyway. Okay, so you're just stumbling out of bed and dad's already gone to to work, the military base. Okay, what would, where would Dallas be going? Um, she'd probably be going to, uh, she'd be going downtown to try and figure out who she could um, bump some change off of to buy some cigarettes or who she could just bum the cigarettes off of before heading out to the woods. Okay, so you're getting ready, I'm assuming getting dressed and everything. Give us a description of what Dallas looks like and the type of clothes that she wears. Dallas is fairly tall, um, and given her proclivity for athletic activities, is fairly well-muscled. She enjoys uh, wearing either plaid pants or plaid skirts, preferably torn with the holes in them in uh, the knees or up in the thigh, wherever she feels is appropriate. Um, Sometimes we'll have fishnets under it, sometimes not. Um, And she, like her player, feels that sleeves are bullshit and therefore will not wear them if at all possible, Um, unless it's too cold. But uh, she's got long blonde hair that kind of fades into a turquoise uh, color uh, that she wears frequently up in a ponytail and out of her face. Is it one of those side ponytails since we are in 1989? No, I don't even think I could do that to her, even if it would be period appropriate. No side ponies. Good. 
All right, so you get dressed and you head out to town. So Heidelberg, being a, a pretty big college town, obviously, there's you know, there's a there's the downtown area known as uh, they call it Old Town, and it's you know very ancient. I mean, it's a it's an avenue where a lot of tourists go. There's open air restaurants. There's bars. There's shops. And usually it's completely flooded with tourists and students who got a little extra cash for the weekend to kind of hit up and enjoy themselves. So that would, I think that would be the best place where Dallas would go to kind of try to scam some change off of people or some cigarettes. Um, and then after that, she'd probably head to the gym um, and go do a boxing workout with her trainer. All right, so you 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 get maybe a, a couple of cigarettes from sympathetic uh, students, and maybe like a, a handful of change, just you know, as you're walking through and everything. And you go to your gym in, I guess it must be kind of close to Old Town, and you see your kickboxer trainer there, and you gave her a name. It's Mila Harris. Is that right? All right, describe Mila for us. Yep, Mila is um, shorter. She's got a kind of a chin-length black bob with bangs that come just above the eyebrow. Um, she is very slight, and you would not think that she was very strong um, just by looking at her um, until you're in the ring with her, and then she, you realize that she could just kick your ass from here to next Tuesday. And Dallas admires, she admires that a lot. Anybody who can um, be deceiving with how they look and keep you on your toes is, is A-OK. -okay. Okay, so she's wiry. Okay, so you walk into the gym and you see Mila in there. And she's, you know, go helping somebody go through, like, the training exercises, like, on the punching bag. Like, she's holding it and she's, like, yelling at some guy to, you know, hit it. And then she sees you uh, coming in. And she gives the guy a break, and she looks on over to you, takes a couple of steps towards you, and says, Hey, Dallas, what's what's going on? Same old, same old. Got any uh, free time in the ring today? Well, I don't know. If you think you can keep up, you know, you and them cigarettes, it's not the best for endurance training. Well, I promise this will be the last one. Uh-huh. Just like I promised yesterday would be the last one. All right. Well, if you got, well, I mean, if you want to go ahead and go a couple of rounds, I mean, that's fine. We can practice a little bit. Okay. Let me go ch uh, change and get my gloves on. Yeah, good idea. So Dallas will go dress down. She uh, has a gym bag and a locker she keeps behind the front desk. And so Dallas is like a regular here. Yeah. And she loves fighting. She loves the idea of being in the ring. And the idea of being a female boxer is something that she likes. Not so much with dad, though. Dad's like, that's not a viable career choice. All right. So you dress down. You get in the ring with, with Mila. And you guys spar for a bit. And the whole time that you're sparring, she she has she drills into your head like one of the most important things 
that a boxer needs to know and that you always keep them guessing. All right, so a lot of ducking and weaving. You can't be predictable in the ring. Also, kind of like in life, especially if you are uh, an aspiring female athlete in boxing, there's not a whole lot of those right now. So you kind of really have to be at the top of your game. And the easiest way to do that, especially in a male-dominated sport, is to always keep them guessing. They can never be too sure what you're all about. And she really takes that to heart. Like, that is the epitome of good advice in her head is just, yeah, don't let people underestimate you. Don't let them think that they have the drop on you. Always be two steps ahead. Absolutely. Don't get sloppy. That's right. But unfortunately, during your sparring, you do get a little bit sloppy, a little out of breath. And, you know, you're, she's your trainer for a reason, but you hold your own for a little bit at least. You don't embarrass yourself. We'll just say that. That's good. I, I, I appreciate that I don't embarrass myself completely. All right. So you guys go a few rounds. You spend about a good you know, hour and a half at the gym. You say goodbye to your trainer. And what else does what else would Dallas do on a normal day? Um, she also volunteers at the local veterinary hospital. Oh, OK. So there's some nuance to Dallas. She really likes animals a lot. Okay. And so you, it's usually about the, your normal volunteering time. So you head on down to the vet. She just, you know, things like just doing extra loads of laundry. They always need towels done, stocking food that's been dropped off, taking inventory of donations, that kind of thing. Walking the dogs. Cleaning cat boxes. Oh, yes. All the fun stuff. All right. So you walk into the vet clinic and you, you know, it's your shift. You check in, you start doing your typical volunteer rounds. And during your, you know, normal daily activities, the, uh, the vet, like the vet of the clinic here, what's, what's her name and what is she like? Her name is Amelia Asquith. And she is very sweet. She is, um, she is tough. She's got a very tough exterior because, you know, you've got people who can be super emotional. I mean, people love their pets. People get very emotional when there's something potentially wrong, but also has, um, very much a soft, squishy core when it comes to animals, which Dallas shares. Um, she's, you know, medium height, red hair, freckles, big smile. Just a genuinely kind person. Okay. And so you, I'm, you have a pleasant relationship with this woman that you've known maybe just for a few months since, you know, you recently moved to Germany. Mm -hmm. All right. And so she's, you know, just kind of going over kind of what you're doing as you are, you know, like making little notations and things of maybe prescriptions that came in and she's looking over your shoulder. She's like, so you've been to the gym, huh, Dallas? Yeah. Let's see the usual. Yeah. Did you beat her yet? No, not yet. Someday. And she, uh, I mean, I think, I think with her, 
you know, she probably has more of the the traditional belief, like you know, kickboxing and or boxing and women. You know, maybe not so much, but you know, being a German woman, people are allowed to do whatever the hell that they want. So maybe she doesn't completely approve, but you know, you are you're a good person. So as long as you're not hurting anybody. Yeah, and that is something that Dallas strives never to do is to hurt anyone. That's right. One of the most important things you learn from her is to just never be cruel, especially when you're in the medical field or you're dealing with animals. Animals don't quite understand everything that's going on, so you don't want to needlessly draw out any procedures or any treatments because that just increases the fear of the animal, and that's just no good for anybody. Right. Yeah, it's it's all about, you know, be efficient and be as gentle as possible, be kind. Um, even if you get frustrated or, you know, bit or scratched in the process, it's not an excuse to lash out because the animal is frightened and you're in control. All right. So you do your your thing over at the vet and you mentioned something about maybe taking a walk through the woods. Yes. That is her me time is going out and hiking and being one with nature and just getting out of the city. She really loves going out into the, uh, the Odenwald. Okay. So it's easy enough to, to hop on a bus to go up, up the hill a little bit to the last bus stop before you can start trekking through the Odenwald. And so you just go hiking down trails. Is there anything in particular that you do while on a hike? I mean, do you, think do you do you have like a place where you just go to smoke and hang out what do you do she has this place that she does go to smoke but she goes to smoke and and think and just kind of it's like her decompression spot she's not happy about being moved halfway across the world from all of her friends um and you know arguing with her dad is pretty much useless so it's her place where she can think blow off steam Practice a few air punches, smoke some cigarettes, maybe go for a dip in, in a stream or something. Just clear her head. Right. And you, you especially need to, to decompress on this day because a couple of days ago, something pretty intense happened between you and maybe, some, maybe somebody you have a close relationship with or, or somebody who you see on a constant basis. What happened? My dad... Uh, basically said that if uh, I wasn't going to try and amount to anything or, or do anything of, of purpose with my life, that I had till the end of the month to figure out what I wanted to do or I didn't have a choice in the matter and he was, he, he was pulling some strings and I was going to boot camp. So basically decide what you're going to do with your life or you're joining the military. How does, I mean, does, is joining the military something Dallas was interested in doing or is it? No, not at all. Dallas is not, Dallas being an army brat has seen the military her entire life. And while she respects people highly who, you know, have made it their decision to do, to be involved, it's their decision. Dallas wants to make her own decisions and that is not one she wants to make for herself. And when you join the military, at least in boot camp, there's not a, you're not doing a whole lot of your own decision making. 
Exactly, which is not something that she's particularly uh, pleased with the idea of. Okay. So you go, you smoke, you decompress, maybe you, you skinny dip in a stream or something. Yep, get a, you know, listen to the bird song and just kind of find her moment of zen, <laughs> for lack of a better term. <laughs> All right. Is there anything um, else that Dallas would have on her agenda before she she finishes up on this trail? Um, No, I don't think so. That's it's pretty much kind of her MO is just sometimes just letting things be as still in quiet. And I guess that you'd be out here for quite a while, wouldn't you? Yeah, at least uh, several hours at the bare minimum. I mean, she doesn't want to go back to town. She doesn't want to see her dad. Uh, the punk scene is cool to be in and all, but it's not... She hasn't really made any, any of those concrete uh, friend relationships being new and just not quite fitting in as well as she'd like. Okay, so you stay out there till at least about dusk and with the bus ride back and everything you're you're back in the uh the old town where you can see in the uh, in the distance you can see schloss heidelberg the ruined castle and well, what do you it's it's dusk time it's friday night there's a lot of students around what would dallas do if you don't want to go home or deal with your dad try and find a party Oh, and you, it's, you find a party. It, you don't have to go very far uh, to get to a, a local college bar where you can hear just the loud sounds of students drinking, uh, singing songs. There's, there's like some cheering. There's a soccer game going on. You know, West Germany is kicking Brazil's butt right now. She'd pop her head in to get an idea of kind of the level of, of potential party. Is it just, you know, we're going to watch this a football match and then that's it? Or is it is there a potential for more? Well, when you say potential for more, what are you looking for? Companionship, potentially. Okay. Not necessarily hard to find here. So, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, good looking students here. Some are fit maybe some uh, different types of substances, potentially. Okay, so you go into the bar and I guess you you kind of know how to ask around for things. She's pretty adaptable that way. Alright, and of course, you can easily find you know, drinks, you can find, uh, you know, uh, you, you find a guy who's, who's holding a few joints. He's willing to share. Excellent. All right, and so out in the back behind the bar and everything where, you know, there's a whole bunch of students that go out and they do their smoking there and they don't get too much trouble for it. So you're passing a joint around and there's a you know a couple of other students in there too. Other people just kind of like passing it around and just talking and, and sharing and everything. And a couple of people are talking. And your, your German isn't 100% there yet, but you do notice that they're talking about uh, some event that's going on Sunday and you hear like you know, you're not you're, the words that you're picking out a lot are like drinking and fire and Sunday. That sounds awesome. 
and they look over at you and they're you know practicing their english too so you're like oh yeah you uh you know there's gonna be a a big uh party on valpurgisnacht at the the thingstrata right um uh, what's that then it's uh it's, oh you know it's a it's a big outdoor amphitheater that was built by the nazis but you know the city doesn't ever want to use it because you know why but you know it's a good place to go out there and party and you know for have you ever been to a Valpurgisnacht? no it's not something we uh do in the states uh but it sounds cool like ha, oh, you're gonna like it so we wait until nightfall and we gather in the the the, the big outdoor amphitheater and it's so it's packed and crowded and there's fire breathers fire juggling there's big barrel fires there's drinking there's drums there's singing there's dancing there's all sorts of crazy stuff going on at night so yeah sign me up that sounds amazing where do i need to go to uh find my way there is there anything i need like do i is there anything i need to bring do is there like you gotta have a special invite or something like that how does this all Oh, no, 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 It's just that sundown. Make sure you're there at the, the Thingstrata, and they tell you, like, a bus route or anything that you can go. So you can take the bus, but it's going to be a long walk from the bus stop. Or a lot of us students, just we just walk from the university all the way to the Thingstrata. It takes about a good few hours, and it's kind of a hike. No, I like hiking. You'll see, like, a whole bunch of students start making their way up the hill to the Thingstrata. You can just kind of, like, just come on in if you want to bring anything just don't bring something that you're willing to share i can do that no problem all right it's great party it's great fun you know we do it we've done it it's been going on every year for a few years now and you know it's an excuse to let it all out right before the the long weekend too because the day after that may 1st is labor day in germany and people get the day off Oh, cool. Sounds like a plan. I'll, I'll uh, keep an eye out. All right. And he introduces himself as uh, Gunter. Hi, Dallas. Okay. Nice to meet you. Well, I guess we'll see you there on Sunday. You bet. All right. So you got, let's see, Dallas got some aggression out. She got some time with animals. She got some time to herself hiking. She got some companionship and drugs and the low down and a really awesome party happening in a couple of days. It's a good day for Dallas. It is. And at some point you're going to have to go home. Yeah, probably should do that. All right. So you mentioned that you, you got into a a pretty heated argument with your dad a couple of days ago. Like, is there like, do you, is there a certain time of day where you wait when you know he's not going to be up or still at work? You, You tell me what is your, What's your father's schedule like, and how does that influence you going home at this moment? He's up pretty early, so he tends to go to sleep fairly early. Um, In between 10 and 11, he's usually when he's turning in. Um, I imagine she'd wait until about that time to start heading home. Okay, so a time when you'd think he'd be in bed or, or sleeping. Yep. All right, so you, I guess, mull around town for a bit, maybe uh, 
bumming a few more cigarettes off of random people. But as the night wears on, the crowds get thinner and thinner and thinner. Yeah, I'd probably wait until the buzz kind of wore off. So, you know, I'm mostly sober upon getting home. Yes. And so eventually you make your way home. So describe home. Uh, home is uh, not too far from the military uh, barracks. It's a uh, have dad is an officer so i can so it's a, a little bit more like a normal looking house uh one story uh three bedroom house uh the spare bedroom is uh, dad's office my bedroom backs up to the backyard um there's a little garden out back um i've used the window to uh sneak out a couple of times. It's a decent height for me to be able to get in and out with a fair amount of ease. Um, and other than that, you know, fairly neat and tidy and uh, small, but not not too tiny. Okay. And you mentioned he's an officer. So what's his rank? Major. And he's a major in the army? Mm-hmm. All right. And what's what's his name? Frank McGee. So Dallas is Sarah McGee? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you go uh, home, and how do you sneak into the house? Do you just walk through the front door, hoping your dad's asleep, or crawling through a window? What do you do? Uh, judging by the time of night, I'd probably go ahead and let myself in the front door uh, quietly. Windows are more for sneaking out, not so much sneaking in. Okay. And as you walk through the front door and you you start kind of slowly walking through the darkened uh, living room, you hear Major Frank McGee in the living room area says, Hello, Sarah. Dad. Another late night? Uh, yeah, I was trying to, trying to make some friends. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And so... I, I get the sense that there's like this th- neither one of you know what the hell to say to each other on a regular basis unless it's arguing. Is that right? Yeah, that's it's almost yeah, spot on. They don't necessarily want to argue with each other. They just don't know how to communicate any other way at this point. It's not great. All right. So like when you're around each other, like you always have your guard up. Yes. Okay. So he's he's looking at you and you can tell he's just kind of trying to think of something to say and, and like it seems like the first thing that comes to his mind is did you go to that gym today? Uh yeah, I thought a workout would be good. Got to stay in shape. Yeah, um I mean, you know, boot boot camp's going to do a great job doing that too, so you may not have to waste so much time at that gym. You know, just saying. Right. Wasting time. Yep. Sure. So your dad, he, uh, you know, he senses that he's kind of hit a nerve and everything. And he's like, look, Sarah, I just want what's best for you. And I know you, you probably don't believe me when I tell you things like this, but if you don't have a set path chosen in life, other people are going to choose it for you, and usually it's nothing good. I'm pretty sure you're already trying to choose it for me. Well, I'm your father. I know what's best for you. Right. Look, 
I know that you think that you are doing what's best for me, but I don't know that you considered that when you decided to move us halfway around the world from home. And the one thing I do enjoy in this town you're telling me is terrible and a waste of time. So the path I'm trying to choose for myself, the set path that you think I need to put myself on, you're telling me isn't a path. And therefore I should just do what you say because you know better than anyone else. You know, when you're, while your mother was dying, I, she made me promise to her that I would make sure that you grew up to be, you know, uh, to be a good woman, to, to be, you know, strong, moral, you know, put together. I'm trying, but it's like you're, you're fighting me every step of the way. So I really don't know what you know else I to can't do. be her, right? And if you're not, I'm not ever going to be her. Who said, I want you to be her. Sure, what it feels like. Anything I do that is not potentially what is in your plan is, oh, your mother would have liked it this way. Your mother would have wanted this way. I promised your mother this. Dad, seriously. Look, I don't want to get into another argument, so maybe we should just go to bed and talk about this tomorrow. Okay. Good night. And good night. And he pours himself something strong. And Dallas marches herself up the stairs and into bed. All right. So you're actually going to bed. You're not sneaking out or anything like that. No, she's actually going to sleep. She did a lot of physical activity. She is kind of tired. No. All right. So that's a day in the life of Dallas. Maybe we could speed things up a little bit to Sunday. Sure. All right. So Sunday. Oh, uh, this is going to be fun. So Sunday morning, your your father is knocking on your door to wake you up because it's time to go to church. No. <laughs> Chad, why? Because you are going to be a moral young woman, goddammit. Got to crank out lots of Christian babies. Oh, this is the most terrifying sentence anyone has ever said to me right there. At least to Dallas. She kind of rolls over and looks at the clock. Oh, you you didn't realize clocks uh the hands went this early. Wrong. Is someone dead? No, they're just knocking on the door. It's like Dallas is uh, no, he wouldn't call you Dallas. He knocks on the door and says, Sarah, it's time to go to church. Get dressed. No. Well she rolls back over and puts her pillow over her head. So I'm guessing the the, the church thing has been You've gone from grudgingly attending to more asserting your independence with this topic. Yeah, this has been a this has been a, a point of contention. All right. Well, at this point, your father opens up the door and he walks over to you, and he throws a dress. <laughs> oh God, a dress of all things, on the bed and says, "Dallas, I'm not joking. It's time to get up. You're getting dressed. We're going to church." Why do we have to do this every Sunday? Because Sunday is the Lord's Day. Well, you can go sit in a pew on a hard-ass bench 
and listen to somebody preach in a language that I don't quite entirely understand. Oh, we we go to we'll, we'll go to church uh, on the military base. That's all in English. And besides, a little religion wouldn't hurt you. Maybe it'll help with what's been going on. If I wanted a taste of religion, I would lick a witch. <laughs> Sorry, I could I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. I could. It was right there, and I couldn't help it. Yeah, she does say that though. Yeah, I figured she would. And he just he takes a deep breath. He's like, you know, I. It's like it's like I don't know who you are anymore, Sarah. I think it's more that you just don't want to know who I am, if it doesn't align with what you want. Look, if you make the coffee really, really strong, I will go to church that I am not wearing the dress. Is that acceptable-ish? Can you at least wear something that doesn't have any holes in it? Yes, I can wear something that doesn't have any holes in it. And sleeves. Mm, Okay. All right, so he begrudgingly turns around and and heads back out, and he's pouring some coffee. I find the shortest plaid skirt that I own, pair it with the combat boots, and a baby doll t-shirt that has just a little tiny cap sleeve. So I am following the rule on a technicality. But I do not do full punk heavy makeup. All right, so you you come walking out of your room to the kitchen, and your dad's like, "Oh Jesus Christ, you are not wearing that to church." It has sleeves. There's no holes. Those were your decrees. He like mas- massages like his temples with his hand. He's like, "You're you're just determined to make me have a stroke, aren't you?" No, I promise. I am not trying to give you a stroke. I don't want my men seeing my daughter in a skirt that doesn't leave much to the imagination. You know how you know how the military is. And that's where you want me to go? Well, you're going to learn discipline in boot camp. Right now, you're, we're having a little trouble, so put on a longer skirt or, for God's sakes, pants or something. But you're not wearing that to church. Alright. She'll go put on a pair of plaid pants that have no holes in them. And I guess this is how you guys negotiate. And puts on the makeup. All right. So you're, you are wearing what you're wearing and dad is driving to church and you have a thermos full of really strong black coffee and you drive in silence. Yep. She's just kind of staring out the window. Um, are we heading? Is, is the, um, is the forest in view from the road or no? The uh, the Odenwald's on like big hills. So as you're driving through Heidelberg, I mean, you can see the hills of the Odenwald out there. That's where she's staring out to. She's just kind of staring at them. Like, I just got to get to church and then I can go and I will walk out there and I can party tonight and just got to get through this hour of whatever. All right. So you go to church. And so the church service is going on. Is is Dallas doing anything? She's not really paying attention. I mean, she's doing the appropriate sit-stand 
turn to page 247. You know, she's not trying to embarrass her dad. Okay, so you just kind of suffer through it. But her her she's her she's clearly not really paying attention. Yeah, she just kind of zones out. Just thinking about oh, this will be really cool later. And just kind of trying to imagine what this this party with fire and booze is going to be like. Trying to think of what she can bring. Well, as you're thinking about that, the the sermon, the church is actually pretty apropos here because it talks about the the priest is talking about how tonight is the feast of Saint Valpergia, uh, an eighth century nun who is said to have driven off uh, pagan witches from the holy mountain, and he gestures is out actually towards the the Odenwald. Uh, with fire and prayer just drove them off and they never came back and so every day on april 30th at night they have a huge celebration in her honor where there's fire and and dancing and drums and it's said that all the the celebration and everything scares away the witches from germany sounds like a hell of a party and so of course the, the sermon is more towards to you know the how the dangers of subversive people can be i mean right now you're in 1989 in western germany this is a time when you know there's a lot of like rising communist sentiment especially coming from eastern germany and there's some communist sympathizers on western germany and so there's a lot of political tension going on you don't really pay a whole lot of attention to that but you know, there's there's multiple levels to this kind of stuff. There's probably a time where she doesn't quite uh, catch herself from kind of doing that like little <laughs> kind of laugh through your nose that happens when you disagree with someone says something that you're just like right. So you try not to snort. Those are about the subversive people, and she's just like, <clears throat> yeah, you must have done it a little too loud. Because your dad, your dad elbows you. She tries to, she tries to catch it. <clears throat> Sorry. And he just closes his eyes and prays a lot harder. Oh, one day you'll learn an important lesson. Oh, my poor dad. All right. So church lets out, and like, what do you do? Are you gonna go home with dad, or are, or are you just saying, are you just saying peace out and running towards the woods? Um, I think she, on some level, does understand that her dad is trying, even if she disagrees with him. So she's she will ride back with him. But when she gets home, she also doesn't want to wear this to go out in the woods. She's going to change. All right. So you get home, you start getting dressed, and he even says, like, you know, do you want any, like, lunch or anything before you head out and do God knows what? Um, I'm I'm gonna go out on a hike. Um, now I'll, I'll take a couple sandwiches for the 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 hike. All right. At this point, I think he realizes that he's he's gotten you to do as much as he's gonna get you to do today. So you went to church. You can go on a hike. All right. So you pack a couple of sandwiches, maybe some sausage, sneak a can of beer. And you head on out to the woods, and are you hiking and doing all this stuff out there until the uh, Vol- Valpurgisnacht starts? Yep. 
Yeah, pretty much. She's she's determined she's not going to go back to town until until morning if she has her way. Wow. All right. So you go for a hike. You go around. You uh, like you grabbed a uh, like a map of the area, and eventually, we'll say through your wanderings and hiking, you eventually do stumble upon the Thingstrata, and it is this big amphitheater. It's it's made out of carved out of stone there's stone steps and benches all around there's a huge platform where you know the actors and everything this is originally supposed to be a theater and there's even like a little plaque on the thing strata and it's it's in german but you can kind of puzzle out enough that this was uh, an amphitheater that was built by the nazis uh, as an attempt to basically have outdoor theaters where they put on a, a whole bunch of like Nazi propaganda plays, things like that. Uh, however, it was it was part of the Thing movement, and that it kind of petered out in a couple of years. Like this, the this particular Thingstrata. There were several Thingstratas built, uh, one in Berlin, uh, others in other German cities, but the one in Heidelberg was built in 1936 and by 1938 the thing movement had petered out it was not in use long no and the city of heidelberg is uh like like gunter said it's kind of hands off with this area because it's a whole lot of well i mean it's this this place out here that is kind of a historical monument but then again it was built by nazis so the the city council is not too sure about what to do with it so you know, students manage to go out and party here. I mean, they do They do have to get permits to do this kind of stuff, but it is what it is. She finds, like, a tree or something she can climb and just kind of chill and wait for people. And she doesn't want to be, like, that eager puppy, the first person at the party who's just like, Hi, 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 what are we doing? What are we doing? Are we having fun? What do you have? She's trying to play it cool. Maybe taking a nap up in the tree. All right. So time passes as you're doing your stuff and the the sun starts to set. And after a while, you you notice that people are starting to trickle in. Uh, You got people that are setting up like garbage bins and uh, setting up like uh, sound equipment, big speakers, things like that. Uh, like I mean, it's like they're they're really setting up pretty nice here. And like, and as time goes by and it gets darker and darker and darker, they start lighting the big barrel fires for some light because there's like no electric light out here at all. And even like the closest bus stop is maybe a mile or so away. So there's like a lot of walking through dark woods just to get to this place. She'll um, hop down uh, at a certain point and kind of see if she can help out. Okay, so you go, you help out, and you know, setting up various things, and more and more people come, and, and this is like, this is getting huge. I mean, like, uh, Gunther wasn't kidding when he said that it's almost shoulder to shoulder here, and as the, the time goes on, and more people join, and then the the sun sets completely, there's a lot of cheering, people break out drums, there's drum beats, there's dancing, there's fire, I mean... And when 
Gunter told you that there's like some fire breathers, fire jugglers, and things like that. It's not just one or two people. It's like everybody is like carrying torches as flames or spinning batons that are wreathed in fire. It's, I mean, it's brightly lit and there's fire everywhere. And it's just, it's a cold April night, but you're very warm just because of all the fire and the press of bodies all around you. Dallas is thinking for a moment that if it means that she gets to do things like this, maybe enrolling at the university is a pretense of getting to stay and train more isn't a terrible idea. It would keep her from being shipped out. Right. You know, if you became a student, you have an excuse to stay in town and keep doing your thing. And the life of a student in Germany isn't all that bad she's kind of toying with the idea. I mean, her dad, excuse me, her dad gave her a week to kind of figure it out. So maybe she, she, I mean, she likes the vet hospital. Maybe she could say that she changed her mind and she wants to be a vet and she'll go to school for veterinary medicine. She's like concocting this entire idea as, as she's partying and enjoying this. You know what? That, all right, so this is, that's probably, like, the most adult decision Dallas has ever made. Yay, Dallas. Good job, sweetie. All right, Dallas has finally decided to, to get her life together and, if, at the very least, kind of start towards a path and maybe just maybe get her father off of her back and have a good life. Yeah, things are looking up for Dallas. Got a good old party going on. She's very happy. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's lots of lots of booze flowing, lots of drugs if you want them, drugs of multiple varieties. She uh, stays away from the like more quote unquote scary drugs. Uh, she does not mind partaking of a joint, but is kind of like eh, not so much on the other stuff. But she's she's got a nice uh, happy buzz going, listening to the music. Probably joins in a drum circle, is happily dancing away. All right, so you've decided on something to do with your life, and you're letting loose with wild abandon at this party with drugs and fire and chanting, and life is good right now. And as you're dancing, uh, another uh, somebody starts dancing along with you. Uh, you know, this person is... Well, why don't you tell me, what kind of person would Dallas be attracted to? Like, what what would spark her interest at a party like this? Uh, tall guy, dark hair, kind of long, little past the jaw, um, little messy, got some scruff. Not like just a five o'clock shadow, but maybe a couple days of not shaving. Probably mid-twenties, a couple years older than she is, for sure. So, like a hipster? Yeah, well, not the lumberjack beard, but more of kind of like the wild boy kind of look. So, he starts dancing with you, and uh, he he is expressing interest. <laughs> she is expressing interest right back. Alright, and as as the the dancing goes on and the the more drinks are flowing and there's fire and somebody just sprays out a huge gun of flame next to you and it's all fun and exciting and everything, he kind of 
motions over towards a, a darker area of the Thingstrata where there's not so many people there and it's more of a wooded area. And he's like, you, know, you want to go uh, go hang out on the edge? Yeah, sure. All right. So you uh, he leads you over there out in the darkness. And, and it's you guys are not super far away from the festivities i mean you're you're far enough away to where like the the sound has become a little more distant i mean you can still if you look over there you can definitely still see fire and craziness going on and so he you know it's it's dark and, and he's there with you and you know i'm gonna tell you i mean he's gonna he's gonna try to make a move how accepting is dallas of that Given her mood and this kind of, yeah, I, I think I've kind of figured out what I'm going to do here. And the idea of like, oh, now I could possibly have somebody here too? Hell yeah. Is going to let him go about just as far as he wants to. Quite willingly. All right. So things get you know, kind of heated. Looks like the, the, the flames going on, the thing strata isn't the only heat going on here. And you're getting into it you're enjoying yourself some hands are going everywhere clothes are getting like flipped around and things like that and as this is going on and you're you're closing your eyes and enjoying yourself you hear something moving through the trees how would dallas react to that would she care or would she be freaked out um like a not normal sound moving through the trees or just like maybe wind through the trees I mean, it sounds like like something moving through the trees. I mean, it could it could be another party goer. It could be uh, an animal. Who knows? Mm, she would still be semi alert because she doesn't let her guard down. even when she's having fun and letting loose. There's still that part of her that doesn't have her guard down completely. So she'd open her eyes just to be sure. Because, like, the worst thing would be, like, what if her dad was like, where the hell are you? And then all of a sudden walked in after forming this search party, and that would be really embarrassing. Okay, so a little paranoia there. Well, but she's had a couple beers and, and a joint or two. <laughs> she's like, wait, wait a minute. And your partner, who you don't even know what this guy's name. Yep, no clue. Yeah, who cares? Uh, he, he just he tries to get your attention back. Like he he moves your your face back to his. It's like it's nothing. Calm down. It's it's okay. Just just relax. And he goes back. Like he's he's kissing your neck and everything. And then next thing you know, he's far away from you. Like he you hear him scream sharply before slamming into a tree that's about maybe five feet away from you. She is up on her feet, hands ready in a uh, in a boxing position, like uh, Mila had showed her. Um, looking around, trying to figure out where it's coming from and where a safe exit is. All right. Well, you see him like he he hits the tree and he's crumpled down on the ground and he's like moaning slightly. I mean, he, you've you've dealt with animals. I mean, you can tell this guy he is hurt. I mean, he hit the tree pretty hard. And as you're looking and you're looking around and everything, something just out of the shadows just grabs you by the neck in like this the strongest grip you've probably ever felt and then like next thing you know you're off your feet and being pressed up against uh the tree that you were leaning up against and it's it's dark something is holding on to you but you don't know what 
she start trying to fight back. Okay, so like kicking and, and swinging and cursing. Yeah. And using what she she knows of the kickboxing to try and get an advantage. Alright, so you swing with your feet. You know, you're I mean, you know where to kick and, and how to kick and how to make it hurt, and you you get a couple of good hits in on whatever this thing is holding you, but it's it seems like it's more hurting your feet than it is whatever it is. Like you you know you land a solid blow. This thing doesn't even flinch. And now she's scared. Okay, so what what does Dallas do when she's scared? Do you still fight or do you go limp? She still fights, but it's uh, there's a little bit more shake. They're, the blows aren't precision anymore. They're they're shaking a little bit. Okay, so you're just frenzied panic now. Yeah. Okay, and so whatever this thing is, like kind of like an animal caught in a trap. Okay, so whatever this thing is is holding you. It brings you down closer, and you can. As you get closer, I mean, you can feel a little bit more, and the, the light from the fire shines a little bit. This is a person. It looks like a, a, a man, like a, 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 a long-bearded, tattooed-up man just holding you with a vice grip around your neck. And you can't even make out too many features because this happens so fast. But next thing you know, uh, he like cracks your head to the side not nothing snaps but it's definitely not comfortable and this sharp searing pain just penetrates your neck she probably would just go rigid in shock right so you 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 go rigid for a second i mean you you probably still have a couple of good good kicks and everything in uh before all this happens but the the pain starts to give away to strangely enough pleasure like it's you're you're paralyzed with fear, but but then it's it's like your limbs just become very heavy, and your your eyes start to to flutter a little bit, and it starts to feel it's the pain starts to go away, and it feels more like this this melting sensation inside, and you you kind of get I guess lulled by this sensation, and you start to. Things start to get lighter. Everything feel like the music starts to feel like it's getting farther away. The the heat from the flames and, and just the, the chill of the night seems less important and more distant. And you start to feel like you're floating, actually. And you you start to you feel like you're almost like you're drifting off to sleep, like a nice pleasant sleep. And you can't even remember like what was I scared about? What what was going on? It's it's okay. All I want to do is sleep. And then the next thing you know, you you feel this sensation of millions of tiny little hooks just kind of like penetrating every fiber of your being and just pulling and tearing and and just the pain becomes this intense white blinding heat like in the middle of you that just expands outwards. And that's probably when Dallas starts to actually scream. You, you mechanically it feels like you're screaming but your ears are, are just full of you're not sure what you don't know if it's the 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 drums of the party or your own heartbeat that's filling your ears or you're screaming you're, you're not sure it all mixes in and then everything goes dark you don't know how much time passes before you wake up but you open up your eyes and you know you're you're crumpled up on the ground 
on the forest floor, your your shirt's still open, you're in darkness, like you don't even hear the party anymore. All you can hear is the the labored breathing of the guy that you are with. And Tessa, I'm going to have to ask you to roll a d10 and subtract half. So roll a d10 and divide by two. Uh, see, seven divided by two. Rounding down, you you're just filled with like the strongest since it's a strong sensation of you're not sure what like starvation lust you're not even sure if this feeling has a name but when you see this this person crumpled up on the ground with labored breathing and you you realize that you can you can smell blood coming out of him you're not you're not sure why or how you know that's blood but just something inside of you tells you that's what it is she wrinkles her nose a little bit like why does that smell good that's not okay yeah it's like this is weird and what's this feeling it's like it feels like i mean like your your veins are itching almost and you see him and you smell the blood and your starting to go like this this shouldn't I, I shouldn't be smelling blood and thinking that's interesting this this is wrong and you you hear which is amazing because like your your hearing is a little different now you hear like a deer just kind of like going through the woods and everything it kind of stops and it's eating some grass and and you can hear its heartbeat so in front of you have this deer who's there probably doesn't even know you're there because both of you have been laying still motionless for God knows how long. And you have this, this person that smells strongly of blood in front of you and you, something inside of you tells you that you, you have to do something about this feeling. What do you do? She is going to go for the deer because that's a person and that's weird and not quite ready to face whatever that feeling is in regards to another person. Okay, so something inside of you just you you have to lash out. So you have to attack. So you you go to the deer and before you before the deer is even aware, you're on it, you jump on its back and you oh my god, do you bite it? Like you you literally rip its neck open and you taste the blood as it, as it fills up your mouth and it's not you know it, it's not the most extreme of sensations but this is it's definitely making the feeling inside of you the pain the ache the 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 hunger inside of you abate a little bit and as the the sensation subsides and you you pull away from the deer, you just realize that you just drank its blood. Uh, what? The Infane Podcast is a proud member of the Nerdsmith Network. Visit nerdsmith.org for all of your nerdy entertainment needs. Yay! Yeah!
Yeah-ha! Welcome to WAND Radio. My name is Emmett. Whether it's your first year on campus or your fifth, I'll be your guide through this magical mystery thing called college life. Emmett, what are you doing in here? Uh, nothing. Okay, because this equipment is very expensive, and the university wouldn't like it if it gets broken. Remember, you, Rupert, and I are on in an hour. WAND Radio. For your magical listening enjoyment on nerdsmith.org or wherever you download your podcasts.